In our weekly climate segment, we've been breaking down the science behind the real and dangerous changes we're seeing in the Earth's climate. But what can we do when someone says they don't believe in climate change at all? We received this question from Tony in Chicago's Lakeview neighborhood. What arguments do climate deniers use and how can we respond to them? So today we're answering that question with some help from Melissa Widhelm, the operations manager for the Purdue Climate Change Research Center. Melissa, welcome. Thanks for having me. So let's tackle the first part of Tony's question. Obviously, we don't want to give too much airtime to any misinformation, but what are the general kinds of arguments that you might hear climate change deniers making? Sure. So there are quite a few things that people will say, whether it's because they are denying climate change or maybe they're misinformed or maybe they're just um, not paying too much attention to the issue. Things like, well, the climate changes all the time or it's just part of the natural environment or they mix up weather and climate saying, hey, it snowed today. Where's that global warming? Uh, what people are missing when they make these kinds of arguments is the issue of time scale. So it's perfectly part of our climate to get an Arctic outbreak or to get a heat wave. That's not what we're talking about with climate change, right? We're talking about those long-term shifts in those averages. And let's say you get into a conversation with someone who, who has some doubts about climate change. What works and what do we know doesn't work? I think the most important thing is that you need to know your audience. Now, we have some science that tells us the majority of people don't fall on the extremes. In America, only about 10% of people are classified as completely dismissive, right? Completely denying the science. The chances that you're going to change the hearts and minds of that 10% um, is very low. So I would focus my energy on people who are, you know, a, a little bit more cautious or concerned, or maybe um, they could even be doubtful, but they're willing to have a conversation. You know, here in the Midwest, some of the effects of climate change that are talked about the most, for example, sea levels rising, seem pretty far away to us. How do we make this feel relevant to people who live around here? So I always suggest that people try to connect the dots between what's happening in our climate and what goes on in our day-to-day -day lives. For me personally, I'm in a family that deals quite a bit um, with severe seasonal allergies. And the climate scientists say we can expect the allergy season to be about a month longer and much more intense pollen concentrations in the coming decades. That's going to have a direct impact on my household, how we engage in outdoor activities, whether or not we can even open the windows at certain times of year. And so when we start talking about things that people can visualize in their mind and see themselves there, that's where we're going to start to get people paying attention to this issue. Melissa, some people are not going to want to talk about climate change at all if they have different opinions from friends or relatives. Is there value in still trying to have the conversation? Absolutely. So one of the most important things that we can do as individuals, one thing that we have the most control over are these conversations. We know that people who talk about climate change have greater awareness of the situation. They have more concern over it they're even more supportive of actions to address these problems. And so having these conversations helps change the norms. It helps get this on people's radar. 
That's Melissa Widhelm with the Purdue Climate Change Research Center. And thanks to Tony for that question. If you have a question for our weekly climate segment, you can email climate at wbez.org.